For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. You are listening to Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell here to break down all things Auburn Tigers. And of course, we are in the full swing of season. So this episode, we are going to recap our game from this past week against Ole Miss. Look ahead to our big matchup with LSU this week and just kind of catch up on everything that's going on down on the plains. Jason, how you doing? It's Halloween week. Happy Halloween, I guess. Are are you much of a Halloween fan or what? Well, put it this way, Taylor. It's Halloween week and it's hurricane week all at the same time. So <laughs> I'm in the midst of a storm right now. I, I tell you this, though. I tell you this. Growing up, you know, we used to wear the mask and everything, go trick-or-treating. And some of our friends used to try to jump out of bushes when they see us walking down the street and try to scare us. I mean, we used to go in groups and uh, it used to be fun because – one of the parents used to create this hayride. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like Thanksgiving season as well. So we would put a whole bunch of bale of hay and everything on the, on a trailer. And we would mm-hmm. put all kind of little pumpkins and everything. And then we would we would ride. It would be like 20 kids on there. And we would go and we'd show up at people's house. And they'd be like, who is all these kids? <laughs> and uh, we'd get out of trick-or-treat. And, man, we had candy that would last for days like i'm talking about the teacher would get so mad at us for bringing so much candy to school we had so much candy <laughs> and uh so i enjoyed it and then when I, I was in the pros we used to have these halloween parties we called them costume parties yeah oh man i dressed up one time we ain't gonna talk about it but it was a lookalike line of richie but um <laughs> you know so, so people was giving me that nickname <laughs> so i went hey i went full costume with it almost so i almost won the award we would give out award so you could either win a thousand dollars five hundred dollars or two hundred fifty dollars nice. based on who had the best costume so it used to be a lot of fun we used to make fun with it and everything and uh you know so that's the that's the things you miss about being part of a football team and, and everything yeah. that camaraderie how about yourself what, what, what do you do Oh, listen, Halloween is a big deal in my world. You actually kind of resonated with me. My family used to throw a really big Halloween party at our house. My parents live on a bunch of land in Alabama. And so my dad would decorate the woods on our property with like scary stuff. And he and his buddies would put on masks and then all the kids would do a hayride through the woods. And it was like a haunted hayride and we had a Mm -hmm. big bonfire. And I have such good memories for, from Halloween as a child that like, I can't let go of Halloween. Even as an adult, my house right now is decked out my poor roommate. I've got (laughs) spider webs everywhere and lights and skeletons and, uh, dressing up is a favorite of mine. Unfortunately, and fortunately now working in football, I don't get to, you know, go out on Halloween anymore. I'll be working this year on Halloween day. But uh, in years past, if anyone would like to see, I, I have some pretty legendary costumes. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
they're on my Instagram at Taylor Beth Davis. Uh, I have been an Oompa Loompa. I've been um, a grandma. I've been uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. I go all out. Like if I can paint up my face and wear a wig, I'm not trying to be one of those like hot girls on Halloween. I'm trying to be like unrecognizable, which is always so fun. So it's a great week. I hope any of you listeners that are going to get to go celebrate and trick or treat or go to parties, whatever you get to do, enjoy it. It's such a fun day. And don't take yourself too seriously because we do that enough in this life. But hopefully it's not a scary result for our Tigers this weekend. How about that segue? That was pretty good, right? So we are going to, (laughs) thank you, Jason. (laughs) We're going to break down all that is going on with this Auburn team right now. Luckily, we get to recap a win after this team bounced back following that difficult South Carolina game. So we're going to break it all down for you. But of course, we're going to start out telling you guys about our sponsor, Bet online. Now football season is in full swing and even though you might not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And of course, there's always the online casino that never closes. So all you have to do is head over to betonline.ag today and they're going to give you a lot of great sign up bonuses that you're going to want to check out. So again, betonline.ag. Go ahead, sign up today. All right, Jason. So let's start talking about this past week. Obviously, we went down to Oxford to play Ole Miss, came away with a 35-28 to win, and uh, it wouldn't be Auburn football without a little bit of heart palpitations and a controversial (laughs) play that we are all still talking about. So unfortunately, we do have to talk about a little bit of a question mark associated with this one, but nonetheless, Auburn gets a bounce back win. Talk to me a little bit just overall about how you feel this team team responded. Last week, we had a very honest, vulnerable conversation about the state of the program and and the lack of, you know, chemistry that we were seeing in the South Carolina game. That's got to be hard from a player's perspective to go through a week and and be hearing the noise and the, the disappointment of your fan base. How do you think they responded the next week against Ole Miss? Yeah, that's the thing, Taylor. When you're playing this game, you have to anticipate like noise, whether it's going to be good noise or whether it's going to be noise that kind of irritates you a little bit. But either way, you got to be able to accept what is what is being said, but have thick skin. Like if you're going to play quarterback in the SEC or you're going to play or you're going to be a head coach in the SEC, that comes with a lot of weight and it comes with a lot of noise. And either you're going to be a superstar this week or a GOAT the next week, like it just does it, – it's, it's football and that's and that's part of it. So that's my whole thing. I, I said this last week on the podcast. I said this is a critical week for Auburn because you go mm-hmm. to Ole Miss, who's a team that's trying to up and come, and they were still very talented on offense, and and they gave us a fight. And I say you have to go there if you want to be a football team that want to have an opportunity to be playing for something at the end of the season. You have to win games like this. I said, you know, and and we found a way to win. And you know, we we're fortunate. You know, we've had two two calls this year that um, kind of gone in our favor. Uh, that's, that's very questionable. So either we're living right. And uh, and everything, but you know, we found a way to get on the right side of those calls. And you know, I thought the the, the call back on Tank Bisbee's hundred yard uh, kickoff return, right. I thought that was not holding. That was away from the play and had nothing to Agreed. do with it. But still, it wasn't holding. So you can say tit and tat, but I think at the end of the day, it always works itself out. It always ends up the way it's supposed to. But the team got to win. And what I was happy to see was 
we rode our running game. You know, Tank mm-hmm. had a big game. Uh, Shivers, you know, it was good to see him back in there. His speed and quickness, uh, it definitely adds another element to the offense. Uh, your boy Seth Williams came through again <laughs> with two huge catches because one time Bo was rolling to the right and he threw that thing across his body in the middle of the field. And I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, you see, <laughs> you see Seth come down with it. I'm just like, well, there goes Taylor's guy. And then, uh, <laughs> and then on the, on the sideline when they was playing two man and, um, that was a heck of a catch and to catch that ball and have the awareness to stay in bounds and to go score, you know, that's, that's what makes him special. That's why he's a special right. talent, a special receiver is that awareness, not like he can high point the ball with the best of them. So, you know, this guy came out, he responded, he accepted the, the challenge that he took in, in South Carolina. He's like, okay, that didn't go my way. Mm-hmm. That's what great players do. You come back yeah. the next week and you bounce back. And I thought he did that. And then with Bo's performance, I thought Bo did did everything that he needed to do in this game to keep us afloat. And what I mean by that, he kept our offense on schedule. We didn't have a bunch of negative plays. We wasn't going backwards and, and being second and 15 and third and longs. Like we was able to stay in manageable down situation and we was able to run the ball because we was on schedule and mm-hmm. we did things that I thought they should do. They should get him outside the pocket in certain pass design plays, not with him just scrambling all the time outside the pocket, because I said, that's where he feels most comfortable. And I saw them do that right. from the standpoint of they had more design plays for him to get outside the pocket and to make some plays. Now, can we keep that momentum and carry this over? Because, yes, Ole Miss defense was a little depleted. They had some receivers playing defensive back because of all the COVID uh, cases that they had. But that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with us. We did what we supposed to do to win. But now can you keep that momentum going into a big week against LSU who gained confidence this week after beating South Carolina? Yes, absolutely. Great points all around. I think while LSU likely gained confidence from, you know, looking like the team that everyone expects them to be, finally, Auburn should come out of this week with confidence and momentum as well. And this is, of course, going to be a very, very important matchup. But I think for Auburn, what you said was dead on about these guys seem to be utilized better in better positions, better situations. It seemed like it was suited more towards skill sets that we've seen showcase itself in the past few weeks, but weren't necessarily relied on. Starts with the run game, huge game for Tank Bigsby. This guy is going to be a legend for Auburn. I'm just going to put that out there now. And I totally agree with you about Bo. I thought he responded a lot better. I think the composure that we saw, especially when he had to lead the team down to the wire to a scoring drive to seal the game, I thought you saw a lot of composure in him. You saw that leadership that you've got to see out there and a guy that didn't seem as frazzled. Uh, I also really appreciated that he stayed in the pocket a lot longer. That has been a theme of this season that he just gets out too soon. He wants to run and take off. He he committed a little bit a little bit longer. I think the key to this offense and and to Bo's game is going to be get the ball out quickly and utilize this guy in the run game because it's what he wants to do. He's capable and the the line is showing that they're effective in that as well. And then if you are going to ask him to sit in the pocket, he's got to have something open up quick. It was a lot of short passes and a lot of run game, but it seemed like it was the formula that started working best for this offense. So I won't be surprised if we see that continue moving forward, but you got to keep in mind, once again, this game was impacted by weather. It, It sucks that we have already had two pretty substantial weather affected games but they talked about it during the broadcast it makes the ball heavier the the leather is a bit more saturated you saw guys slipping a good bit our receivers had some pretty unfortunate drops where it just hit them in the hands things like that you know it, it is 
what it is as far as weather goes. You can't control it. But I think that we could see some more things open up offensively. I think that what we saw this week was a bit more condensed because of the weather. But even that poses confidence for this Auburn team that, hey, there are a couple more things that we will likely see, weather permitting, moving forward. But I was really impressed with overall the bounce back. How many times can I say the bounce back? And just how this offense kind of regained its composure, its identity, uh, and and found ways to exploit this Ole Miss defense. Now, let's talk about our defense because they came up with two interceptions. It was a great showcase in that regard, but they struggled to stop the run. They allowed 283 yards rushing, but Ole Miss has been very successful in the past game. Just go back to their game against Alabama, and they were held to just two explosive pass plays. So some really encouraging things for this Auburn defense, the the emphasis has to be stopping the run, especially as you move forward. LSU has some very capable backs. Yeah, when I think about our defense, we've gotten better in the back end as far as like in in, in pass protection, I mean, not pass protection, but in the <laughs> pass defense. So, you know, yeah. I, I thought these guys are now, they're finding the the niche and they're finding their, their charisma together. These guys are playing together on the back end. You got guys coming up making solid hits as if they were linebackers. You got uh, guys getting their hands on the ball. McCreary came over with another interception in the, in the first drive of the game that Ole Miss had, and I thought that was crucial because, you know, Corral was already coming off a six-game interception in Arkansas, mm. and then the, and then they were driving. And the worst thing that can happen right there, he throws a touchdown pass, and all of a sudden his confidence shoots back up. So to get that interception right there, I thought already it deflated them a little bit offensively, like, okay, here we go again. And right. when you start to make a team think that way from an offensive standpoint, you know, you, you pretty much got a hand up on them. And then the other part is it's true. You got to be able to stop the run. If you're going to play championship defense or if you're going to win in this league, especially with an all-SEC schedule, you have got to stop the run. And we, we've been struggling doing that defensively this year. And it, it sounds – kind of weird even saying that because over the last couple of years, we have been like one of the best defenses in the nation, especially stopping the run. And, right. you know, Ole Miss kind of had their way with us in the run game. And, you know, this week we're going to get another heavy dose of the run game. So we've got the man up up front. We've got to beef up a little bit and we got to find a way to shed these tackles. I think our guys are just getting locked on onto the blocks just a little bit too long. You know, you got to be able to, to fit, your, fit your gaps, but at the same time be able to throw a guy and be able to go in there and make those hits. And 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 a lot of things about Taylor about stopping a run is just run fits. What we call that is just yeah. you play your gaps. And sometimes guys want to make so many plays and guys want to be the first one to get the tackle or first one to get the sack that sometimes you can play yourself out of position. And when I watch our defense, sometimes we're getting out of position. And I know Coach Steele is probably hammering them in, in practice and on the film room about this because if you just play your position, I, I appreciate the effort and want to get to the ball and everything. But sometimes you got to stay in your area and trust that the cutback is coming back to you. But you got to be there to make the tackle. So right. we can't go chasing everything all the time. And and just an overall, I think getting turnovers, you know, that's what we talk about. Like anytime you get your hands on footballs and get turnovers, you know, it, it does a lot for the game. And uh, and I think that's just something that we got to continue to keep working on, continue to keep maneuvering because the schedule doesn't get easier. It gets harder. Right. And this is about to become the grind of, of college football. It's November's coming up. And we already know, like, 
we always say you win November to play in December and December takes you to, you know, to the championship land. So mm-hmm. this is critical. This is a huge, huge week for us to, to, to get things right. And so I'm looking forward to see how we respond defensively from stopping the run. I agree. And I think the turnovers were key in this and you want to see that moving forward. We forced two turnovers and gave away none. So that's encouraging in and of itself. And I think you're going to need to to play with similar stats, if not increased on the defensive side. So if you're looking at the point that we're at now in the season, right? I mean, we talked about the beginning of this season, how we all, it was a bit of a grace period because of how unconventional the off season was, how little these guys really got to, to prepare for season. And really the first couple of weeks were a bit of the working out the kinks. So now that we know a little bit more about this defense, what is still lacking, not just from this past week? What what still do you want to see develop defensively? But what do you think is the bright spot for this defense? I think the let's go with the first one. The first one is what we're missing. We're missing Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson. <laughs> you know, and I mean, well, yeah, and I, and I I so hardly mean that because you know up front we always say okay next man up this guy's talented. But like I tell people, those two guys playing together is a tandem that comes through sometimes like every five to six or 10 years, you know, it's just, you just don't replace those guys so easily. So for me, we're still waiting on two of those D linemen to step up and become those guys. Like you don't have to be exactly those guys, but be a guy that can shed blocks and make tackles, like make them have to double team you in order to stop you. Like, we need those type of guys up front right now. And hopefully with Big Cat, you know, getting back more healthier, hopefully he can start to set the edge a little bit better on the defense and and be a help, and especially in the passing game. I don't think we're getting enough pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're getting way too much time to stand back there and throw the ball, and that's something that we're not used to seeing. So to me, that means that means we got to get better up front, and that's why you see Coach Steele dialing up more blitzes because he's trying to get home because that's the only way he can create more pressure. Where last year we could rush with a three down line, we could rush with a four down line because of those two, those two big guys up front. But you don't have that, so now you have to create other ways to put pressure on other teams. And we got to get off the field on third down, Taylor. It has yeah. been haunting us this year of not getting off the field on third down defense. And we have got to find a way. It, it doesn't matter if a team gets the first two drives. But once they cross what we call that red zone area where they can get field goal or seven, you got to get off the field. And we have not been able to do that this year. And that's something these next five games of the season, we have got to improve on. Now, the positives. When the ball is in the air, it doesn't find the ground against our defense. We saw Mm -hmm. a tip deflection in South Carolina. We got an interception. We saw last week, you know, we got our hand on two balls and we ended up getting interceptions. So, that's our the positive. When the ball don't find the ground, when the ball is tipped in the air, that means these guys are ball hogs. That means they mm-hmm. go after the ball. And and that is exceptional to see because you can break sometimes on defense, but when you get that one turnover like that, it flips everything. And so those are things we can continue to improve off of. And our hard-hitting safeties, you know, Smoke Monday, Sherwood, those guys are coming up laying the hammer. They are yeah. definitely not being a nail. They're doing some nailing. And so, <laughs> so, I, so from that standpoint, there are some positive. We knew that going to the season, but you see a lot of things where situational football is catching up with us a little bit because right. you didn't have that offseason. You didn't have that spring. And, 
in those situations are getting to us a little bit. Now, on offense, I need my man, Anthony Swartz, to get some better hands on catching some of these shorter Agreed. balls. Because Agreed. last week could have been a disaster. Both threw him an out route. We're backed up to go win the game. And the ball hit him right between the hands and it went in the air and it hit the DB right in the chest. That's a pick six, and that puts them up 35-27 with three minutes to go in the game. Like, as much as I appreciate us getting that win, it's little things like that that I look at and say, that can catch up with you later. That can get you beat. And you have to look at those things, and he's got to be more conscious. He's dropped a lot of balls over the middle that have been almost intercepted. And I don't know what it is. He's going to have to have more focus on locking in on those balls when he's going over the middle because that could have been just derailing. And so I hopefully, you know, he's taking this to heart because this has happened too many times. And I'm the type of guy, yes, I love to win, but I'm always looking at how can we be better and how can we do things to separate ourselves so it doesn't always come down to the end like this. And those are one of those things because – we're playing too close of games all the time when it didn't have to be. And it's sometimes it's our own fault. Oftentimes it's our own fault. I totally agree with you about Schwartz. We talked about him a good bit last week, just about how they can utilize that speed better, but it starts with getting the ball in his hands, which a level of that has to be himself. So I would love to see that improve. I agree with you. You've already mentioned Seth 134 yards on eight catches and a touchdown. You've got to see a solid performance from a guy like him. I also would really like to see J.J. Piggy's role increase. (laughs) I mean, he can lay a man out, and he is a huge component of the blocking game. But we've seen him be utilized in creative ways. They put him in the Wildcat sometimes. I really want to see this guy have an increased role as the season goes on. Another really bright spot I want to point out is our red zone efficiency from this past week. We scored touchdowns on all four trips to the red zone. Majority, I think all of them were running. But – Uh, against the SEC's worst statistic defense. You would expect that that's going to happen. But after the South Carolina game and some of the difficulties that we have had this season, that certainly was encouraging to get within the red zone and not feel like we're only going to end up with three. So definitely wanted to give a shout out to that. And as far as the defense, I also think something that that you need to mention for this defense is that they were facing two quarterbacks. Ole Miss played both John Rice Plumley and Matt Corral. That is no small task. And look, Corral can run and he is a dual threat, but John Rice Plumley is a different athlete when it comes to his legs. He is very shifty. He's very effective in the run game. So these defense, our defense was having to switch gears very quickly. They had to be prepared for both of them. Like that's no small task. And so I just want to give them a shout out for that. I agree being without KJ Britt is, is so difficult. I remember preseason when I asked you who ne- who had to be the guy, like who had to provide the juice for this team, and it was K.J. Britt. So the fact that we end up without that guy is difficult, but I'm so impressed with the guys that have stepped up. Smoke Monday, uh, again, Owen Papo. Like these guys are, are finding their way. you you got to look for that defensive line to kind of tighten up a little bit, affect the run better. And I think we're we're in for a good trajectory moving forward, especially against this LSU team that has had its woes this season as well. So we are going to preview this week's matchup. But before we do, another sponsor I want to tell you guys about Seattle Shirt Company. With shoppers buying everything online these days, getting those holiday gifts for family and friends, it's going to be harder than ever. But no need to worry. 
because our friends at Seattle Shirt Company have you covered. Jay and the team have an unbelievable selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everyone on your list. These jerseys are 100% authentic from current superstars like LeBron James to the all-time legends like Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Walter Payton. Seattle Shirt Company has you covered with all of it. And right now for our listeners, we have a special one-time only pre-Black Friday slash Cyber Monday deal. Everything you buy, attention everyone, everything you buy at seattleshirt.com is 30% off. Look, holiday deals, you need these, okay? So you want to jump on this. This is a great selection of stuff for a great deal. Head to seattleshirt.com and enter the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for 30% off your entire order. And cherry on top, shipping is always free. I mean, you can't beat this, guys. Seattle Shirt Company, helping you get ready for the holidays a little bit early and with a great deal. Okay, so looking ahead to this week, Halloween night game against LSU, and this game is always, ooh, spooky. (laughs) But this game is always interesting, you know? And I, I think a win, it's what we need. It's what should be expected of this Auburn team when you compare these two in the matchup. So I'm excited for this one. I hope that the momentum is continued for us, not LSU. But uh, there's some question marks associated with what we're going to see, and it starts with the quarterback. So their starting quarterback, Miles Brennan, suffered a torn muscle in his abdomen, so he did not play this past week. Their freshman backup quarterback, TJ Finley, played, and he played very well. This is a big kid. Jason and I were talking about him before we started recording. He's a great size, and he's definitely a threat. They had a bit of a conservative game plan this past week, but both running backs rushed for a combined 223 yards, so you got to assume we're going to be seeing another rush attack that we are going to have to do a better job shutting down. So whichever QB plays has certain skill sets that our defense is going to need to be prepared for. I think Miles Brennan, he's been iffy at times this season, but I think he's actually better than what people give him credit for. You just, you're in the shadow of a guy like Joe, Joe Burrow, like good luck. Nobody can freaking top that, but it's definitely going to be a tall task as it always is. How do we come away with a win, given the fact that LSU is also coming off a very impressive win? Yeah, LSU also had that week off before because they supposed to play Florida. So that gave them oh, another true. week and opportunity to to prepare for South Carolina and to get healthy. You know, you saw their best corner in all of college football out there this past week. And then the other corner, he's not too far off. You know, they, they mm-hmm. got a, a number one. He can play some football. Like, so for whatever reason, they always have top corners. And and you got to think that that's going to present a challenge against Auburn. I can see teams matching up with Seth Williams one-on-one all day. But then their other corner, he's just as good. So, you know, from a passing standpoint, we got to be very efficient with the ball. Uh, I think uh, from another standpoint for us is we're without counsel this week. Uh, I'm not sure how many people knows that, but he's one of our top offensive linemen, and we've had the same group working together now for over the last three weeks, and now about to head into the fourth week together, and we lose one of our best guys on the offensive line who's out for the year. So that's a big blow for Auburn. Uh, especially especially when these guys are starting to grow together. But from a standpoint of us rushing the football, I don't think LSU defense has done a good job of stopping the run this year either. So mm-hmm. I think the more the earlier we can feed Tank, get him into the rhythm, bring Shivers in, you know, allow DJ to spare both of those guys here and there. I think that we can kind of pound the rock on these guys and see which team 
really wants to play physical football on Saturday because mm-hmm. this game is a game always for the ages. And people, if you've been following Auburn for a long time, it goes all the way back to 1988. And then we've had the earthquake game. We've had where the arena caught on fire. We've had the the pick six, six interception game. We've had the 04 game uh going in almost going into overtime and, and mm-hmm. just going crazy. The we've had the two thousand five game where we missed five field goals to win the game in, in LSU. Um you know, we just had some crazy games. 2001, where Damon Duvall decides he wants to run into their band while <laughs> they're performing at halftime. You know, it just and people stomping on the tiger before the game in 01 and smoking cigars until 45th birthday in 99. So if you don't know the history of this game, people, this is always an intriguing game. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, yes, both teams are still in the SEC West division and both teams are still having a lot to play for this thing is not over yet because neither teams played alabama yet and neither teams played texas a&m yet so this thing can it's a long ways from being over so this game has huge implications like huge implications this is a game i expect us to win because we have to win it and you always go in the mindset always expect to win you know i don't like the mindset of being 50 50 like well we win or we look like no we don't do that. You expect right. to win every game you step on the field. Yes. And and that's how that's gotta be your mindset always. And um so I just expect this game to be a hard nose, in your face type of grinded out game. And to me, whichever quarterback protects the football the best, I think wins the game because mm. that's what it's gonna come down to. And we're not sure who's LSU is going to play yet just yet at quarterback. So, again, another week for our defense having to prepare for two guys. Um, At the same time, you know, Auburn, we we have both. So, they're preparing for one. But at the same time, whichever quarterback decides not to turn the ball over and can keep their offense on schedule wins this football game. And and that's the key. And maybe it comes down to the kicking game. It may be won by a field goal. Who knows? I have no idea. But I do know Ooh. it is going to be a in-your-face type of football game. And it's Halloween, so it may go six overtimes. We don't know. Oh, We've seen Lord. that <laughs> <laughs> That will be wild. Yeah, I mean, it, mentioning special teams, it was quite the scare this past week. A couple uh, mistakes for our special teams unit that are usually rock solid. So e- even in those situations, you got to be on your A game. And I think that this Auburn team is going to have to bring it. LSU is coming off their first 500-yard day of the season. So this offense feels juiced. The same way we feel like we've found a formula that worked this past weekend, LSU feels the same way. And so our defense is going to have to make the difference. I think this LSU run defense is experiencing the same issues that we have. They allowed... They have been allowing well over five yards per carry this far this season, and so it opens up a great opportunity for Tank Bigsby to have an impressive, potentially record day. I think that you just have to find the holes in matchups like this, and LSU, I think their weak spots are very obvious, and so it's about honing in on those, exploiting those, and us playing a cleaner cleanly executed game and maybe coming out with a little more creativity than we saw this past week. Jason, with all the question marks and the concern that there was surrounding this offensive line, how do you feel like they've progressed to this point of the season? Oh, they've done really good at this point. You got to think their first, without any spring, and for these guys, their first two games of the season had to be extremely hard because 
they didn't know which five they was going with. And you really don't know until you get in game-like situations. And the fact that they played five games now, and you've seen over the last three weeks we've had the same starting lineup, that's because coaches got on film the first two weeks. They rotated a group for the first two weeks and seen which five they could play together. And once you saw that, we had three games in a row where we had over 200 yards rushing. So anytime you can get over 200 yards rushing, at that minute, at that level, that goes to tell me that these guys are they're feeling one another. They have chemistry. And now you pull one of those guys back out. The tough part is, okay, it messes with your chemistry a little bit. But the positive is these other guys that they're plugging in for this position has already had reps this season because of the shuffling the first two games. So, mm-hmm. you know, but it just hurts us. It hurts us a little bit. It's a minor setback. But at the same time, I think because of the experience, I think we'll be okay from that standpoint. Okay, I like that. I'm encouraged by that. I'm sure Bo Nix is encouraged by that as well. So, Jason, at this point of the season, what is the mentality of these players? I've always wondered, you know, because I've always been on the fan perspective or the the television perspective, and you get a lot of lip service. You know, you and I have talked about this. You get a lot of the, oh, one game at a time. We're not thinking long-term. We're not listening to the noise, blah, blah, blah. And while I understand and respect that you have to shut all that out, If you're at this point on this Auburn team, the expectations were pretty high going into this season. You've had a couple rough losses, the one to Georgia just looking as pitiful as it was, and the one to South Carolina being an opponent that you very well should have beaten. But then you start to gain momentum again. You have the opportunity to come away with a win from an LSU team that seems to have had our number the past couple of years. What's the mindset? What what is the true emotional um, state of a team in a situation like this? And and what do you tap into to kind of power through the difficult days when, you know, it seems like, I mean, if we are in a season where people are talking about Arkansas contesting for the West against Alabama, like <laughs> something ain't right. So as an Auburn player, what mentality do you tap into to continue the grueling SEC schedule when it feels like the cards are stacked against you? Yeah, that's a great question, Taylor. That's an awesome question. And, you know, it's almost I have a three-part series to this answer because my whole thing is, first of all, when people say, oh, they're not listening to the noise, come on, people. Let's not be delusional here. Like, (laughs) these kids have social media. And you tell me which one of those guys are not looking at social media on a daily basis. And so they hear the noise because if you didn't hear it, you wouldn't have to respond to it. Mm-hmm. because you wouldn't know what's going on. So my thing is, I tell these guys, I was just like, look, n- limit your social media during the football season. You know, mm-hmm. it could be a huge distraction because you're all human and we all have feelings. And someone says something to you that you may not like or somebody says something about you that you may not like, the first instinct is, oh, I want to respond or, you know, I want to get my opinion out there. And that's just not where you win at is in the social media or dealing with fans. You have to understand, like, there are some diehard fans and there are some fans, as soon as that thing derail or that train gets off track, they going on another way. But then their son is going to be with you through thick and thin that's going to grind it out with you. Now, with that being said, why are Auburn expectations so high? I'm going to tell you why they're so high. Over the last seven to ten years, we have had some of the top recruiting classes in the in in college football so when you have those top recruiting classes that comes with oh man you know what we should expect to win because we're getting the talent 
So that's why these expectations are there. And even these coaches, like Coach Mazan, he puts a lot of these expectations out there. Like every year when he starts the season, he tells us, hey, you know, we're going to have an opportunity to be a great football team and we have this, we have that. So people are going off what he's saying because the simple fact is he's around these players every day. So he's supposed to know them more than we know them. So when you say that to people and you say to fans, it encouraged them to be like to expect big things. So when big things don't just happen and you're seeing us struggling and winning games and we're fighting here and there, it puts in that mindset like, where's all these big expectations that we was talking about at the beginning of the year? Like, how come we're not looking like that football team? So that's why, so that's how come you can feel some of the fans like issues with it. And then yeah. the last thing is, as a mindset of where we're at right now, you have to be like, okay, we played five games. You played five games. Who you are and who you thought you are is what you are right now when you look at the film over those last five games. And mm-hmm. you're getting ready for your next five games. This season was broke up into two halves. You get 10 games. The first half has happened. You came out of it three and two. Now, you're getting ready to hit your second five. Now, how can I take from that first five and advance our football team to play at a higher level, play more efficient football? Because now, even though we didn't have an offseason, we didn't have a summer, those first five games was our offseason, our summer, and our spring. Right. So right. now we should start to see improvement of what this team has the capability of being going down the street here. Because that's who, like at the end of this football season, that's who we're going to be at this standpoint. That's who we are at the end of this football season, moving forward, getting ready for the for bowl or whatever for next season. But it starts now because there are no excuses over the next five weeks because we can't mm-hmm. say we don't have this, we don't have that. Now, I get the first five games, but these next five, there are no excuses. You go out there, you lay the lumber, you put everything on the line, you see where you're at, and you play football, like get back to playing Auburn physical football and be able to let the noise. You want to do something about the noise? Let it motivate you because I'm pretty sure you watch that film. You say, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Your own motivation should be like, I got to play better. I got to get out of my comfort zone. That's the one thing I, I see like guys are getting too comfortable. We need to get out of our comfort zone. And you, once you get out of your comfort zone, you start to beat these teams where it's not coming down to the wire. I know it's an all-SEC schedule. You've seen some teams struggle with this team, some teams that just dominating always. But it's a mindset, Taylor. It all mm-hmm. starts in the mind. Like, you can't go in the game and say, well, I hope we get this thing. I hope No, you got to go and say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we're going to take it to them. Like, yep. that's, that's the only way. Get out your comfort zone. And stop worrying about what people are saying and talking. Because guess what? People going to talk whether you do good. People going to talk whether you do bad. And you can't satisfy everybody. That's a fact. Mm. So you might as well go out there and just do your best and leave it out there. And what happens, happens. Right. Oh, I love that. I, I think those are great points all around. You know, it's interesting when we were watching the South Carolina game, I saw intensity that I like to see in this Auburn team. They just misdirected it. They were mis- mm-hmm. they were directing it at each other, at themselves. Like, play with intensity. Play with that, uh, like, bit of an ego. You are representing the logo on your helmet and on your jersey and how you carry yourself and the intensity that you play the game of football with. It's going to win you ball games. But they've got to – I think you said it last week. you got to have it the second you get off the bus. Like, you can't wait for it to develop at halftime or after some crazy 
crazy play. That's what gets you in these close calls where it, literally without some controversial plays by the refs, we've got a very different record. And that's just the reality of it. So I want to see this team take it to another level. And I think a game against LSU on Halloween is the perfect time to do it. So with that, we will wrap up for this week. We thank you guys so much for listening and following along with us as we break down your Auburn Tigers. Really hope that they come away with a big win against the reigning national champs this weekend and that the trajectory of the rest of the season heads in the direction we all thought it would. So everyone have a great weekend. Happy Halloween. Have some fun. And uh, we will definitely recap it all next week. Yes, all right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Uh, do what you can to protect one another at the same time. Guys, remember, success is not about what you have, but who you are created to be. So do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about what everyone else got, what everyone else is doing. Do your thing. I'll let y'all next week. Love that. War Eagle. War Eagle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.